Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today I'm so excited to have on a 51-year-old from Edmonton, Alberta. He's the owner of the Cardiff Devils since 2014 and the Cranbrook Bucks since 2020, if Elite Prospects is right. He is a two-time Challenge Cup winner a two-time playoff winner and has two league titles under his belt which i would think should have been three welcome to the podcast steve king how are you fantastic wally but you know i don't know how you start with pissing a guy off right off oh sorry i should have said a joke no like saying that i'm from edmonton like that cuts to the core man well that that cuts to the core that's what elite prospects told me. Listen, like you don't you don't rely on everything you see on the internet. Okay, so technically I was born there, but I came to Calgary when I was three months old. It does not count. I'm a Calgarian. I I know that. I know you're a huge Flames fan and you live in Calgary, but you're from Edmonton. That is where you entered the world. <laughs> No, and it and it bugs my mom that I always uh, debate whether I'm from uh, Edmonton or not because she's she's uh, like a true Edmontonian, and in right. fact her her dad was the mayor of Edmonton at one point and uh, and she hates it that I'm like so anti Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there is the battle of Alberta, right? You had to choose sides yeah. at an early age. <clears throat> yeah, and let's uh, now I gotta I gotta correct another thing too. So oh dear. everybody from Ontario says Calgary. It's Calgary. Calgary. So take, take, Calgary. Take the second A out. C A L G R Y. Calgary. 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 Not Calgary. That's what. Uh, that's what. Uh, not Calgary. Uh, Calgary. Not Calgary. Calgary. Okay. There we go. Now we can proceed. Okay. All right. All right. I never. I don't think I ever said. I did. I. I might have said Calgary. Calgary. Okay. He said Calgary. Okay. He said Calgary. All right. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know what? I'll be better. I'll be better. I know when I'm not playing my best. Okay. <laughs> Here's the next thing is how we know each other. Yeah. Basically, there's um, some history here is you became the owner of the Cardiff Devils about six weeks before I signed with them for the first time. Um, that year, we won a Challenge Cup championship about, uh, I guess it'd be what, six months after all that happened. Seven yeah. months, maybe. Yeah, that would have happened yeah, it was, quick, eh? It was ridiculous, and and uh, so yeah, the Devils out of a ten-team league were ninth place when uh, me and my buddies bought it, and just miserable. I, I remember one of the reports was that they were getting more people protesting outside the arena 
about the shitty owner, uh, the more people outside the arena protesting than we're actually inside the arena watching the games. So I go, like, that's, that sounds like a perfect situation right there. <laughs> a low bar. That's what I need. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. You guys didn't have a low bar when you came in, though. But, um, yeah, uh, I heard stories of what it was like before. Uh, players, I heard of fans pooling money together to help the players to get paid. It's true. Uh, and you know what? It was unbelievable. And, and uh, uh, yeah, the, the, uh, there was quite a few players that, the guy reneged on their contract and some of the fans passed the hat. Uh, we actually, uh, when we came in, we actually gave some, uh, uh, it was the goalie actually, I can't remember his name. Uh, we, we, we finished his contract, even though obviously we didn't have to, uh, but you just thought, you know, that's not the way to, to start La things. Costa, like you gotta, right? Yeah. That, that's who it was Dan LaCosta. Yeah. So yeah, we, uh, we finished off his contract, even though it wasn't, wasn't our our deal and so yeah it was it was kind of the start you know you want to you want to do things right you know I got three three of my best buddies that uh, we did this with and we just thought you know we're all big sports fans we're just regular guys and like what would you want the owner of your favorite team to be like that was basically what we said and uh, you got to treat everybody right and uh, treat everybody like family it's been kind of the constant through the whole um, no, you guys have definitely done that. Um, I saw it firsthand. Um, and when you've played in like the second league in Germany, Denmark, and uh, some places are better than others and some living like some of the apartments they give you and the attention to detail there would be but um, like Todd when we got there, the first day we arrived in our apartment there was the crib was set up. Um, there was a Jersey laid out for Colby with 18 Walton on the back. Um, yeah. the fridge was full. Um, everything was red for devils. Um, yeah, like it was, it was like I was in real pro again, <laughs> kind of, yeah. you know, you know, it's, it's actually one of my, uh, my favorite things. Like, uh, we've had some guys probably more since you left, uh, you know, cause the league keeps on getting better and better and better. And uh, so we've had some guys that, you know, with some pretty serious NHL games on their resume and to a man, those guys have said, you know what, our favorite year of hockey was the year with the devils. And, you know, I had Sean Morrison, I don't know, three or 400 NHL games said he's never been treated better in his, in his hockey career, including with the Washington capitals where he was Mike Green's D partner uh, than he was with the devils. And I'm going, that's, that's awesome. Well, that's actually another part of how we know each other. It was, um, <clears throat> I guess you're uh, one of the owners that is uh, part of Wally Night. And the reason that uh, comes up is because that was that guy's first game with the Devils. Was, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> was that's right. when I jumped out of the coach's room, spray painted naked with the Taz head on. And uh, that was his first game out of the NHL. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. So well, if that, if he was having fun, I'm glad he liked the show. <laughs> he, you know what? He, he hasn't brought that up as uh, part of his favorite things, but uh, yeah. like what a perfect introduction to the EIHL. <laughs> uh, and on Bouncy's interview, he said that right before that, he would walked up to him just in a speedo and his tramp step. <laughs> Cause I know Bouncy's lived with you before. Right. So you've seen the tramp step, right? Yeah, no, sadly, I've seen far too much of the tramp stamp. And, uh, you know, so I've got, I've got three kids. So I get this, 
this guy coming in from the UK every summer and spending, you know, a month with us or so training. And, uh, you know, and, you know, we live, we live on a little lake here in Calgary. So, you know, we'd go swimming or whatever. And I just, every time, Oh my God, like what, what is, <laughs> what was he thinking? <laughs> you know, like every time you look at it, you're just like, what was he thinking? Yeah. So my two boys, you know, they, they actually get along really, really well with Ben. And, uh, so they, they spent a lot of time uh, designing his next tattoo and, and and I'm not making this up. So his next tattoo that he wants is of a pig that's dressed as a pimp, you know, the full, you know, the, the big fur hat and the, the walking stick and the, the coat and everything, but it's a pig. So the, the pig pimp, that's, that's Bouncy's next uh, tattoo. I, I don't know. <laughs> so if he's already got the low back filled out, where's this one going? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> I'm hoping uh, to never see that one. <laughs> okay. Well, that's also um, just for me pumping your tires here is uh, for being um, an owner of a minor league hockey team in the UK while you live in Calgary, you yeah. had Calgary. the goalie, Calgary, Cal- Calgary. Calgary, Calgary, Calgary. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but you had Ben bounds come and live with your family for like a month, every summer to help him become a better goaltender and look at the career he's put together. But you guys did that for him to help him with his career. Right. Yeah. No, he, you know, he's, uh, it, it boggled my mind that, you know, this guy's good. Like he's a really good goalie and, and he's never really had any kind of, like real training and I'm probably really pissing off some of the coaches he's had uh, in the UK, but uh, yeah, we just figured, you know, uh, if you can have a British goalie and have an extra import as a skater, instead of using an import spot in net. And if that guy can be good, like that's a huge advantage. So, you know, why don't we bring him over here? I I knew, um, I know uh, a guy named David Marku, who is uh, Mika Kiprasov's goalie coach here with the flames. And, um, so asked Marku if he would train, uh, Bouncy when he came over. And, um, so yeah, he would come over for, I don't know, probably three weeks every summer and, uh, train with Marku pretty much every day and, uh, I'd have him running some Hills and eating a little better than he, than he did in the UK. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was good. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, he, he did need to learn about dieting. Like I, yeah. I had to learn during my career, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard. You know, food can taste good sometimes after a hard workout. It really does. And, uh, same with this stuff is, uh, it doesn't help, well, to, help to figure that much either. <laughs> by the way, cheer, cheers. You're the first, uh, owner on the podcast. So cheers. Honored. And th- thank you for coming on the podcast. And like you said, um, you want to be the owner you would want to play for or be a fan yeah. of. Like, yeah. I'm a player that's been done for five, six years now, and I'm reaching out to the old owner to come on the <laughs> podcast, and you're actually making the time for me. And like, you were one of the easiest guests to get a hold of. I was like, Will you come you know, on? You said, yes. I said, how this time works for me with the kids. How about you? You said, I'll make anything work for Wally. And I, my heart just, oh, it's so full. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, you know, obviously, you know, the three other owners and uh, uh, Brian Parker, he's, 
you know, he is a, he's a, an absolute beauty as well. And uh, so I was talking to Brian yesterday, told him I was going to be on the Wally show. He was super excited. And uh, so his, his number one recollection, uh, maybe not number one, but one of his recollections of Wally was, I think the first time we came to Cardiff and, you know, we had heard that this guy, Brent Walton, you know, he, he may not be a lot to look at, but he's got, you know, some unbelievable mitts and uh, he's going to put up some big numbers. And we went there and early on, like you were putting up shit, like nothing. Yeah. And yeah, we were talking to you after one of the games, having some beers. And you said, guys, look, look, I know I'm not putting up any points right now, but I know what I'm doing. Okay. Just bear with me. <laughs> and, and sure enough, you did. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know, there was a couple things that turned that season around was the biggest one was urge. Um, the, oh, yeah. the, uh, guy that twists you around and cracks you up. My knee yeah. was hurting for a while there at the start and I, it would, my brace wasn't moving well. Right. So my leg wasn't moving well. Cause the brace was seizing up and then Todd got me a new brace and things got a little better. And, uh, then urge got me off of using a knee brace and, uh, um, okay. that's when things really turned around. Cause I hadn't played without a knee brace in like six years. And yeah, uh, then I was, I was back for a little while there for about, maybe three quarters of a season <laughs> i i uh, looked it up today 59 points in 51 games not too shabby oh that's okay yeah no i, I it <laughs> turned out all right i mean i it was a struggle though at the start because i remember going in there that i was supposed to be uh one of the big signings and uh it wasn't working out that way at the start <laughs> <laughs> but you know what we uh we still bring up your name like uh you know we've got a new coach uh, coming in next year but Lordo would use uh, use me to kind of be the closer with uh, with new recruits. Like I'd call him up and say, "Hey, they, you know, you know, a little special attention from the owner you don't usually get uh, in in other leagues." So, uh, so I would I would just say, "Hey, look, you know, find me another franchise in Europe that has never released a player ever." Because we we have never let a guy go, and so I actually bring up your story about you know your second year when your knee was done. Yeah. and like every other club in Europe would have sent you home and that would have been it no. but we kept you kept you there all year behind the bench and and we're we're really proud of that like to, to have never let a player go because we've had some incidents with players not just injuries but guys that weren't you know doing the right things uh even away from the ice and uh uh to have never let anybody go like because to me you know especially bringing guys over from North America like some of them are bringing families over like it's it's a big thing to move across the world and to me like it's just it's really unfair to you know just send that guy packing because halfway through the year how, what are you going to do you can't get on with another team so to me if if somebody is uh is not what we thought they were it's our fault it's not their fault so uh you know we're not we're not sending you home well like it yeah you're trying to make me get emotional here i don't know what to <laughs> say right now um but yeah, my career was over. Um, my house was rented out at home. I had nowhere to go with two kids and a wife. And uh, yeah, any other team would have sent me home because the doctor said my career was over. And yeah. uh, <clears throat> and I went out for a beer with Todd and talked to him. And 
the doctor had said it was over and I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'll do whatever I can do to help. I'll do like anything, but like, I don't know what to do with this. And Todd said to me that night, he said, I'm not going to ask you to leave. He goes, I've never been in this situation before, but <laughs> I, or he might've said he'd sit on it for the night or whatever he said. I don't know if he had to talk to you, but he basically said that we were fine not to stress out with my two little, like my baby and toddler. And he yeah. said, I'd be fine. Um, and uh, we stayed there and uh, I helped in the office. I sold some tickets. I uh, took out some match night sponsors. I uh, did a, f- I was the power play coach. Um, and also I did a couple pregame speeches. <laughs> a couple. And I also tried to bring the fan club together on the bus. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I tried to do my part. Okay. (laughs) You did. You did your part and more. Uh, Yeah. I don't know if, I don't know who got the better of that deal. uh, Well, I'm still, uh, I'm still a brand ambassador. Look, I'm doing a podcast talking about how great you guys are all the time. Look at this. I brought you on just for your uh, pad tap today. So here you go. I do have to tell everybody, like, if you get hurt, we're not going to force you to run around naked. Like Wally did. Like that was his choice. (laughs) Oh dear. Yeah. it's, It's like, there's so many other guys that should have had a night instead of me. And uh, <laughs> now that I've had the night, the guys just said, wow, you ruined it for all these other guys. Cause like now they're expected to like take their top off in the crowd and wave a flag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Too good. Uh, you know, that, that's what makes the whole thing. Like it's, it's such a, like, I can't even describe the whole devil's experience to people. Like it's just, such a family and and just so fun and so cool like the whole thing i just i just can't get enough i know i i i've been actually was thinking about it today when you were going to be on just how like for me it was just so cool to have a wally night and thank you so much by the way um but like you guys actually own the team and own the brand and like you get to see what it's become like i think it's cool seeing what it's become and I'm not even really a part of it. I just talk about it on a podcast, but like you guys are the owners and you guys have watched it grow to what it was, I guess they're then COVID, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and uh, it's, it's so weird. Like you sound like such a, such a dick telling people that you own a hockey team in Europe. Right. And I go like, listen, like we, we barely paid anything for it. Uh, <laughs> you know? So yeah, we've, we've made it better since we bought it, but like, we're not uh, big fancy people. Like we're we're just uh, you know doing something that we live really love and making it good for uh, for everybody else. Because all of that comes around to uh, to winning more, and uh, that's all we want to do is win championships, which is all we've done. So because uh, you know what, uh, with you know starting with you and and your group, uh, everybody's had so much fun and and enjoyed being in Cardiff it actually makes getting really good players a lot cheaper because if it's even close, they're going to come to Cardiff. And so we get better players than we probably should because of the way we've handled things in the past, which means we win. And that's, you know, again, from, I'm like, I'm a, I'm a Calgary flames fan. I'm a fan of a whole bunch of different things. That's what I would want my owners to do. Right. I did 
to run the best ship in the business, which allows you to win. Like that's all I want to do is win championships. So uh, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty awesome, but it's uh, it really has very little to do with us. And uh, you know, it's uh, as you know, it's uh, it's Todd in, uh, in Cardiff. Okay. Well, he, he does everything. I do have that down for later on the episode. So we'll just bring it up now. Cause I, I just did a freestyle Friday with a couple German guys where I had no notes. So I, I have notes today, but, nice. um, but um, Todd here, um, I have him down later on because his legacy in the UK league for what he did in Belfast first, um, yeah. because when I went to the UK, Belfast was known as the top dog. And I, I, I don't know if I've said this on here. I thought I was, uh, I thought I was messaging Belfast when I messaged Todd on some website, I thought I was messaging <laughs> Belfast and he wrote back to me. Like, I don't really deal with the players. Our coach will reach out to you soon. It's Andrew Lord. And, but I'm with the Cardiff devils now. So then I was like, what is going on? And, um, Anyways, I talked to Lordo, figured all that out. But what Todd did in Belfast to then come to Cardiff, and I saw the attention to detail. I saw because he's been a hockey player and he knows what the players need. He knows yeah. what what players need to play good. He knows who's a prima donna. He knows um, like who's a team guy. He knows everybody, and he yeah. runs the best hockey team I've ever seen. Yeah. Burn on, yeah, no, it's a uh, it's a pretty cool story. So I'll uh, I'll talk about kind of how this all got going with me and Todd. So um, right across the street from me here is uh, is Todd's sister Tanya. So Tanya and her husband Byron have been mine and my wife's uh, best friends for well since university. So By- Byron and I played high school basketball against each other. And then uh, 1992, so getting close to 30 years ago, uh, we started with uh, six other guys, the uh, senior men's basketball dynasty that is the Fighting Tacos uh, here in Calgary. And uh, so, yeah, it, it, it's a, you know, you think the Devils are a dynasty, the Fighting Tacos are a real dynasty. So, uh, so anyways... So that, that's how I got to know Todd kind of starting 30 years ago. And uh, uh, when the Todd got the, the Boston Bruins, believe it or not, to, to go to Belfast and play the, the, the Giants. And so Todd calls us up through Byron and says, like, you guys got to come. Like, this is chance of a lifetime. And so, like, what the hell? Let's, uh, let's do this. You know, I've never been to Belfast. Uh, you know, never seen a hockey game in, in Europe at all. And, uh, you know, what a cool experience. So we go there and, you know, we're staying with the Bruins. And so I'm, I was actually watching the, Fl- the Flames Leafs are playing right now. And it's uh, Milan Lucic's uh, 1000th game tonight. And, uh, you know, so we're hanging out with Luch and, you know, Cam Neely uh, and, you know, uh, I remember Brad Marchand was a rookie that year. It was the, it was the year they won the cup, uh, 2010-11. And so and that was my first experience. hanging out with them where? In Belfast. Oh, so, yeah, because they were so playing them. They were playing the, the, the Belfast Giants. They, uh, you know how some teams uh, start off the year in Europe? Yeah, right. I remember they played them there, right? 
So, so the Bruins were starting off, I think, in the Czech Republic. And Todd talked the NHL into, you know, kind of an exhibition game against the Giants on the way because the, you know, the Ireland-Boston connection, right? So talk about, you know, the kind of guy that Todd is. Like, who can pull <laughs> Todd Only Todd could pull that right. off. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so we go and just have the time of our lives. And, and I just love the fans. Like, the fans were just unbelievable. They had this, this uh, power play song that they would sing for the entire two minutes that uh, the, the Giants were on the power play. And, uh, and in fact, my, my, my two boys still sing it uh, during power plays when we're watching stuff on TV because I, I was used to sing it back in the day. So anyways, um, so that was 2010-11. And then Todd was back uh, in the summer of 2013, back home in Calgary here. And he was on my back deck. So me, Todd, and, and his brother-in-law, Byron, having a bunch of beers and you know, most of my good ideas are, they come after about my 12th beer. Okay. So I said like, Todd, like, you know, you, you're the best, like you're an unbelievable marketer. You, you put a winning product on the ice every single year. Like he was credited within Belfast for easing tensions between the Catholics and the Protestants for Christ's sake. Like it was, it's crazy kind of the, the impact he has. And I said, so like, you don't own any part of the team. Like you're just getting a salary. Like, why don't we find a team to buy and, you know, I'll, I'll cut you in for 20% of it. Cause you, you know, you should, you should have ownership in a team. Like you're that good. And um, so I thought it was a pretty good offer and I don't know, I would say three or four months go by. And so like I, I sent Todd away with kind of the project, like, let's, let's do this. And three or four months go by. I haven't heard a word from him. And so Byron and I are driving to a basketball game. And I said, Byron, like, I don't want to be an asshole or anything, but, you know, Todd never got back to me. I, I think it's kind of rude. He said, what do you mean? He said, oh, I, I offered to buy a team with him and cut him in for 20 points. And the guy hasn't even called back. And uh, so Byron, the very next day, calls up Todd and he's like reaming him out. And Todd says, are you kidding me? I thought he was just kidding. Like he, <laughs> so he hadn't done anything about it. And so because well, you had had 12 beers. <laughs> Yeah, but you know that's that's, that's when you do deal. your sometimes when you do your best thinking even what in Calgary, Elmi in Kincardine, Elmira, or Calgary. <laughs> so, so then it got a little troubling because he went to the next, the very next board of governors meeting for the EIHL. He gets up and he says, "Look, uh, a really good friend of mine, is passionate about hockey. He's uh, really interested in becoming an owner, and you know him and I would work together on it." So if any of you are interested in selling, uh, give me a call on my cell uh, after this meeting, you know, because I don't want to, you know, do it in front of everybody right now. And so, uh, like, literally an hour after that meeting, five of the 10 teams called them. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um so yeah it was uh it was interesting and and so we went you know we went down the road with a couple other teams um you know some of the markets just aren't big enough to really make a difference um so so how, so how how does that go then like how much do you know from calgary um <laughs> okay sorry i i gird too much that time <laughs> <laughs> All right. I tried to do it too much. I overemphasized. Okay. Um, but when you're, 
when you're over there and you're looking at a few teams in the UK, are you trusting Todd's word to, to the ground or like, are you going over there 100%. boots on the ground and seeing the teams? Or are you just going off of like, when I called a coach, like when I called Dan Seaman and I'm like, what's Cardiff like, is that what it's like? Is that what you're doing? No, Todd, Todd knows all the teams in and out. Like, uh, you know, he gets accused of uh, having too much power within, uh, within the league by other teams fans, but he, he knows every team's situation inside and out. And, you know, the, the basic economics, you know, what kind of, you know, fan support they get and, and uh, you know, kind of the, you know, the size and, and uh, you know, standard of living of, of each of the cities there. And so, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was kind of a no brainer. You had a, like I was saying uh, earlier, like a pretty low bar with the last group and the team was in trouble and you had this brand new arena being built by the city and in the city bylaws, believe it or not, is uh, a bylaw that says the Cardiff Devils can never pay rent. <laughs> so one, huh? So, so that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> So you never pay rent on anything like the time on ice dressing room? Like, yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. So <laughs> who finagled that into the bylaw? The fans. Oh, good it for them. The They're the best. <laughs> They're the best. And so um, the Cardiff Devils used to have a downtown rink, which, um, uh, which turned, which turned into a shopping mall. And so the fans were just, furious that they you know the rink got taken away from them and and so they formed a group and protested and met with city council and and so city council basically promised them that they'd get a developer you know as as part of the deal for giving them land to develop for residential condos and whatnot that group would have to build a rink and the Cardiff Devils would not have to pay rent at that rink and uh, so it was funny that the previous owner thought he had a lot of leverage saying, oh, you know, you should pay a huge amount for this team because you're going to get rent free in this brand new arena. And uh, and so we started off with a big number that wouldn't have worked. And uh, so we kind of got the people within Cardiff, uh, including Franny, mostly that was behind the scenes uh, this whole time, you know, the legend of Cardiff, uh, Neil Francis. and. Uh, so they basically got the city to tell that owner that he was not going to be allowed in the new rink and that he would have to sell to us. And so the, the price went from here to here in one day. <laughs> how, so Franny got who to tell the owner he wouldn't be allowed in the arena, the developer? No, the town council, the town council, the fans. No, like the city council, like the mayor. Right, the, the same ones that they were protesting getting the bylaw put in. Um, why? Because the players weren't getting paid and you honored the contracts afterwards. So it sounds yeah. like a mess. It was a mess. So, uh, and that's what you want right out of a business deal is you want to get into a mess that you can turn around. Yeah. And then you put your sick Todd on it and, uh, and Bob's your uncle. You got uh, the Scotty Bowman of the uh, EIHL running the thing for you, and uh, you got a brand new arena and no rent. Right, and then then yeah, you got uh, suspect old guys like me coming along with one leg, and then and then and, and then, and then uh, you start spray painting them, and, then, and that's it. 
Yeah. And then the next thing you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't, I can't remember that part. Like in our original business model, I, I don't remember the, the, uh, the naked spray painted guy, but, uh, but Hey, it, it works. <laughs> well, that's whatever brings the team together, right? <laughs> exactly. Okay. Well, this has basically been like freestyle Friday. Cause I haven't looked at the notes much here because, uh, my question now, then we, I think we've gone over a lot of how you became owners and all that. Um, that was the whole story right there. Right. Is there anything else? Um, other than like, how, how do you bring the other, uh, I guess, is it three or two? Sorry. The other three guys. Yeah. So, yeah. um, so just, you know, I was going into this and like I said, like the, the purchase price for the team came to like almost nothing. And, uh, but this isn't going to be nearly as much fun if you're doing it on your own. Like I got to have some, some wing wingmen here. So, so guys that I know share my passion for, uh, for hockey, um, and mostly just share passion. Like you just have to have passion period. And, um, and, uh, so yeah, I was, uh, uh, Brian and Kelly are, uh, guys that I do a lot of business with here in town. Uh, Brian's wife, uh, I've known literally since grade seven. And, uh, so, you know, really, really close friends and just great people to travel with, which is another part of the thing you want. Right. Cause these are, <laughs> as you know, these, uh, these trips are not for the faint of heart. And, <laughs> and so, and then, uh, Craig, uh, our boys, uh, we're, we're, uh, he lives in the neighborhood and our boys played hockey, uh, right from the time they were in Timbits. And uh, our boys were actually in a spring tournament in Los Angeles when I was putting this deal together with Todd. And he's like listening in uh, and he, I get off the phone. And he says, like, fuck, like, you have to cut me in on this. <laughs> I said, all right, you're in. <laughs> Holy, really? Yeah. I've been trying, I've been trying to figure out how I'm going to become part owner by having this podcast, but I haven't even go. got, a, I haven't even got a sponsor yet. So I guess it's a long ways away. <laughs> I just wanted one share, but whatever. Okay. That's it. We'll, we'll keep talking. We'll keep talking about it. <laughs> okay. Next. Uh, I got two random questions. Actually one's already covered, I think, because, uh, I, I did send out a couple feelers to uh, a couple of your colleagues there in the ownership group. Um, and one of the, a couple of the questions was uh, why is your Twitter at taco Steve? But I guess that's the uh, basketball team, right? Taco Steve 10. Uh, that's my basketball team. 10 is my number. And uh, so yeah, everybody on the team has that Twitter. Why taco concept? Why, why taco? Uh, our original sponsor was, uh, Yucatan's taco stand. And, uh, so they, they named us the fighting tacos and, uh, it was actually a pretty hopping place in Calgary back in the day. It doesn't exist anymore, but, uh, like we'd get, you know, no cover, uh, front of the line. Uh, we were kind of a big deal in the Yucatan's taco stand. They'd give you some extra salsa, probably extra cheese too, eh? Extra unlimited salsa. Well, you know what my junior team did for me? Um, Because I, you know, like I broke the team scoring record. So I did win player of the game quite a bit. They gave me a, a, a free meal at McDonald's for every player of the game <laughs> I won. So it was a good start to my uh, diet yeah, and career there. And so it started. <laughs> yeah, that's where it started, folks. <laughs> okay, next question. Um, the 1988 Calgary Olympics. 
Is that got yeah. anything to do with uh, your your family bloodline? Yeah, no, my uh, my dad was uh, kind of the Mr. Olympics uh, here in town, and like my dad, uh, he I lost him two years ago, and just like the the ultimate beauty of all beauties, and uh, just this guy who uh, came from nothing in uh, this little town in uh, in southern Alberta called Redcliffe. And uh, his dad died when he was 13 years old. So, you know, I had to get a job when he was 13 to help support the family. And, and just, just like, I, I talk about passion, like passion is like my number one thing. And it's because of my dad, like, uh, he, he was like, like Buddy the Elf on, uh, on Elf. That was yeah, my dad. With Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but, but with everything, like he just had this incredible love of life and just was so over the top excited and optimistic about everything. And like, what a guy to grow up with. Right. And yeah. uh, so he was uh, like, he was into all sports. Like he, he was a great uh, track athlete. Like he held the, the mile record at the U of A in, in Edmonton for, I don't know, 30 years. Uh, he played hockey, played basketball, he was a good golfer. And uh, so he was just a, like a, a good sports guy. And uh, so he joined this group in Calgary called the Booster Club, which was just a group of guys that helped amateur sports. And uh, one meeting they said, hey, who wants to look into bringing the Olympics to Calgary? And he literally just put up his hand. And, um, and so, yeah, he, uh, he, he won the bid for Calgary and then stayed on as the CEO uh, right from getting it to Till the day of the Olympics, obviously, and and what a lot of people don't know is that they started bidding for the Olympics in 1979. Uh, they got the Olympics in 1981, and so that entire time, so yeah, he, he had to leave his job, and uh, he didn't get paid. So he only got paid for the last 12 months. So 1988. Uh, so he worked for uh, for seven years as a strict volunteer and had to leave his job because it was obviously a full time job. Like who does that? How do you, like, how do you live? He, uh, he had, he had done well, like he, uh, him and his, uh, his best friend from university, uh, started an oil and gas company. And, uh, so he was like a senior vice president of it. And, and he ended up, they ended up selling the business. And so he had, you know, built a little nest egg. And so he'd done well. And so that allowed him to do that, but still like no one does that other than buddy, the elf. And, uh, so, you know, so, uh, so yeah, he was, uh, just an incredible guy. And, and he, uh, he came to Cardiff and, uh, and, and saw us win one of our, our second challenge cup. He was there for that. Awesome. Uh, awesome. that, that just, you know, in retrospect, now that he's gone, like, I'm just so happy that he was there to see that. It was just, oh. it was so cool. Yeah. That, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's why I did that podcast with my grandma. I don't know if you saw that. I, I didn't did... see that one. You know, I did one with my grandma. Yeah. Yeah. She, I got to see that. Yeah. She's 89. And uh, I decided, yeah. Anyways, that's why I did that. So I would have that memory, you know? Absolutely. Those are, uh, yeah, you got to do the, those things. You, you, you never know, right? Yeah. Got to get those memories in. Okay. So you are the owner of a European hockey team. And you can tell, tell everybody around Calgary. <laughs> Hey, that was a good one. Uh, that was pretty bad. That's pretty good. I thought I, I didn't, I didn't over Gur. Okay. Anyways. Um, uh, where was I going? Um, so you own a hockey team and um, so what are you doing now 
you're obviously in Calgary, but like, what is your business um, that bought a hockey team? And um, why is, and what's the name of it? My, my company, uh, company is called uh, Alaris Equity Partners. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a private equity company. So we invest in private companies, mostly in the U.S. actually. We're, we're essentially a U.S. company based in Calgary. So, um, so yeah, we invest in private companies and we do things differently than anybody else. And I'm not going to bore you, bore you with any of those details, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're an investment company and, uh, uh, so we're actually, uh, uh, listed on the Toronto stock exchange, uh, Alaris is, and, and, uh, it's been a blast. I started, I started Alaris, uh, 17 years ago, believe it or not, when I was, uh, 34 years old, I. I started Alaris and, uh, At it's just 34. Been... I'm 37, man. I'm just starting this podcast for free now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, and you know, again, I'll, uh, it goes back to my dad. Like he, he was just the ultimate, like go for it guy. I had, I had three kids under the age of seven and a mortgage on my house and I left everything and started a company from scratch doing something that no one had ever done before in the investment industry. And, uh, and so, uh, that's, that's on my dad. And that's also on Kim, my wife, like how, how many wives are going to say, yeah, that sounds great, hon, go for it. <laughs> how, so so how, you came up with an idea that nobody else yeah. had is basically what yeah. it is. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And it's, uh, and it's worked as it turns out. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say so. Um, yeah, my MBA thanks you too. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, thank you for getting the business off the ground so I could get my MBA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See how this all relates folks. Um, okay. So the next question I got then is, uh, your son Carter, um, he got us, I saw on Twitter or wherever I saw it. Um, he got a scholarship to Denver. So what, how, how did that all go down? Cause that was kind of during COVID and all, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he was pretty concerned as we all were because you're know, going like, is he going to get to play this year? You know, what's he, you know, what's going to happen. But, uh, uh, he got really hot. So he played, um, he, he finished his, uh, his years of midget here in Calgary and, and had a big year is, 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 uh, his last year he was, he was second in Alberta in scoring and then led the team to the Telus cup, which is the national championship. Um, and so we got a lot of eyeballs because of that. Um, cause he'd been kind of a little bit of a late bloomer. He's, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's really smart. He's, he's, he's got a little bit of Wally in him, maybe not the mittens that you had, but, uh, like a high hockey hockey IQ guy. So he's, he's not jumping off the page. He's not a big guy. Like he's five ten. Um, he's not the super fast, but he's just a really smart player. Every coach he's ever had has said, that's the smartest player I've ever had. So he started to get noticed uh, in that second year, or his final year of midget, and then went with uh, the Surrey Eagles of the of the BCHL. And for any uh, any parents out there that are looking for their kids to go to college, the BCHL in, in BC, like they get twenty times more scholarships coming out of the BCHL than any other provincial league in Canada. So so uh, most of the colleges do their recruiting out of the BCHL and. He started off pretty slow um, his first year. And then after Christmas, he was a uh, point a game. And I think he had 
13 points in his last eight games to finish the year. And they had a, a, a nice uh, first round win in game seven uh, before COVID shut it down. So oh. kind of around Christmas, he was getting calls from schools like Bentley and St. Lawrence and places like that, which was really exciting. And then after the season ended, he's getting interest from places like Denver and the Ivy leagues and, and whatnot. And I was like, Whoa, like, this is, this is crazy. And it was all because of his coach, uh, his coach at Surrey, uh, a guy named Cam Keith. And uh, he just went to bat for Carter. He just loved him so much. And he just started calling teams and saying, Hey, like, if you're going to sign anybody, it's got to be Carter King. Uh, you're just going to love this kid. Cam, and, Keith. Uh, Cam Keith, very tall. No, he'd be six, six, one. Okay. Which was, for you is probably very tall, I guess. But Yeah, no, I, I was thinking <laughs> he went to the University of Alaska Fairbanks. He might have. Yeah. Because anyway, he, he, he played in DEL too, I think as well. I don't know if you ran across him there. He'd be maybe, maybe, maybe that's why I'm thinking I definitely have played against the guy. I know the name, but okay. No, he yeah. sounds like a good guy. And for him to do that, that's great. Um, the other thing I was going to say, while you were going through that is <clears throat> being the smartest player isn't, <laughs> it isn't always the easiest to catch the scouts. eye. and it isn't. To, right. Because there's those guys you played with where you don't notice them all game. And then at the end of the game, they got two goals and an assist. And you're like, I didn't even really notice yeah. it out there. And, um, and being the smart player, that's kind of how it works. Cause like, you just got to know where to be and where to go. You don't have to skate faster than everybody. <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah, that was, that was always a problem for him. And uh, so it takes a coach to really stand up and tell another coach that that's why you got to sign this guy. And, and, you know, to get, to get a scholarship at a place like Denver, like that's a top five hockey program in the States and, uh, and a really cool school and a really cool city. That's a two hour direct flight from Calgary. So it was like unbelievable, but you know, for him to say no to uh, Ivy league schools was a bit of a shock. Cause he's a, he's a really good student. And that's actually one of the other reasons that these school, these uh, schools wanted them because, you know, you got to keep a certain team GPA. Yeah. And so you got to have a few uh, smart guys in there, even if they're not great players. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you do. Yep. I know a couple of those guys that got those deals. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, his marks definitely helped him too. Cause he's, uh, he's a pretty serious, uh, he's a, he's a really serious kid. Like he, he's a super hard worker. I guess the apples don't fall far from oh, the trees, well, do they? No, no. It's uh, my wife and I, we look at each other cause we're, we're complete idiots. And, uh, <laughs> and yet we're all, all three of Is our that kids right, are just, eh? like, so driven and it's, uh, it's crazy. Like, I don't know if we dropped them on their heads when they were babies or what, but they're, they're, they're so not like us. Oh, I think you're, you're doing just fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know if somebody dropped you on your head, but you seem to do just fine. <laughs> <laughs> Worse than that. <laughs> No, but uh, your story about your old man kind of reminded me of like my old man hitchhiked out of town at 17 years old um, and then did very well and worked for everything he's got. And he still is like, he just, he can't stop. He's like, he's gotten out of his business now, but like he can't stop. So we have some rental properties and like, like he's almost annoying because he's like, we got to do this, this, and this. And I'm like, 
those are make work projects. We don't actually have to do those, but he just has to work. And I like, but like it, it, you, you, it rubs off on you. Right. And like, you, it does. And you see their visions and then you see what they actually build and you're like, wow. Yeah, no, I get it. That's, that's how you do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I've been watching my old man too. So I, I get it. (laughs) That's awesome. That's uh, yeah. That's the best. Okay. Did you play hockey? <laughs> so, cause my question was, what was your minor hockey and playing career like? Because uh, um, we've never talked about your hockey career. Yeah, I did play hockey. I loved hockey. It was, it was without a doubt my first love, uh, even though I still play basketball, uh, hockey is, is, is my favorite sport by far. And uh, so, yeah, I was, um, I wasn't as good as my two boys. Um uh, I was a really good skater at a young age, so I always played above my age group uh, when I was young. Um, and then I had a really weird growth curve. Uh, so I, I completely stopped growing from grade seven to grade 11, like nothing. And so I was like, I was like a reasonable size. I was never like a huge guy. And then all of a sudden I was like by far the smallest in my class. And uh, so like grade end of grade 11 I was five foot seven and by the time grade 12 started I was six two so in one summer I grew seven inches it all just <laughs> happened in one summer yeah so by then I had already quit hockey because I wasn't playing at the level that I that I used to and uh it pissed me off and so I went to other things and so I, I started playing other sports and that's how I'm with basketball. Right. That's how taco Steve starts. Cause you're so, ga- you're so gangly. You're like, well, hopefully I can dunk now. <laughs> exactly. I gotcha. Yeah. I see how it, I see how it happens. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, well, yeah. guess what? I never grew. <laughs> still but five, you knew who you were <laughs> still, still five, seven asshole. <laughs> oh Jesus. Okay. Holy moly. We were so all over the place that I, um, That's me. yeah, I'm bringing you all over the place. Okay. I got a story then I'm just going to tell you a sto- my, one of my stories in this two ales and hockey tales was when you guys it. said you did it right. <laughs> um, the first year we have Colby and then Zoe is bored. I'm doing school we live in a nice place. It's, it's beautiful. And then after that year, we, we've had Zoe and we got two kids now. And Lisa wants two bedrooms for the kids and we'll sleep in the other one. But she wants three bedrooms. And I'm telling Todd, we, we got to have three bedrooms because Lisa wants three bedrooms. And I'm like, we, and I'm like, but we want to live in Cardiff Bay, but I got to get a, I got a carpool. And it's like, oh my God, I'm, I'm the, the, I'm the high maintenance guy now. So I was like, Oh my gosh, they can't find an apartment for us. And then they finally find us a three bedroom in Cardiff Bay that is within price range. And we moved into that sucker and it wasn't like the year before, but it was an extra bedroom in the same area. But, (laughs) um, so Todd had done his part. He got us three bedroom in Cardiff Bay. It wasn't obviously what we had had the year before. Well, the first night in Cardiff, Lisa has a moment there where she's like, our kids can't be in this place. Like it's, 
it's oh. gross. It's gross. And she's like, look at the couch, look at the bathroom, look at this. And I'm like, no, like I, yeah, but I'm like, but we asked for three bedrooms. Like, so like, what, what do you want me to do here now? Like, do you want two bedrooms or like, wait, yeah. wait, I don't think there is a three bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it ends up working out that Marty switching apartments, but Todd came down there that day. And I had never wanted to make a call like that. I'd never made a call like that in my career to like a team to be like, geez, I don't know (laughs) about this place. Um, But he came down as like, looked at it and he's like, no, you're not living here. And um, we went out just the two of us. And he said, I agree with your wife. You shouldn't live live here because I haven't actually seen it. Now that I've seen it, I don't think you should. But he goes, when I was coming here, I was already moving you guys out of here because players need to be happy to play good. And the way that guy gets it, like if my wife isn't happy all year, that will affect my play and my life. (laughs) And every guy in Cardiff that plays there, Todd goes above and beyond to make them happy and he did that for me and he got me a new apartment and we were happy so then i spray painted myself i guess right? <laughs> <laughs> no he's uh he's unbelievable but it also relates to now todd every time we're you know starting to sign new players single guys single guys single guys <laughs> <laughs> so why are we all the kids at the games now because when i played on the team i was colby was the only kid the first year I know. And uh, then yeah, all of a sudden know. I go back, there's like 30 kids. There's like a player kid game. I know it's crazy, but you know, we had all these older guys, like guys that had been in the, like the KHL and even the NHL that wanted to come play for us. And you know, how do you say no to a guy that's played 300 NHL games just because he has kids, like you got to sign them. Uh, yeah. And uh, so we kind of, we almost got too good don't, for our own good when it came no. to that. Okay. I just want to say this one time because when <laughs> I played really good in Denmark and they didn't want me back, a lot of it I thought had to do with my baggage was my kids and my wife. And I was like, I played well. And if I was a single guy, I guarantee I'd be back for sure. For but sure. I have all the stuff now. I got to, you got to pay for all these visas. You got to pay for the kids visas. You got to pay for a bigger apartment. You got to pay for a bigger car. You got to, yeah. it's, it's the, I know the baggage I have. And that's why I'm in my shed, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair enough. But it is true. Like, like uh, it's, it's our number one cost is, uh, is accommodation. Like it's crazy. Oh, and and I saw- is expensive to rent. So in the bay what we're going to do actually, beautiful uh, spot. it's a beautiful spot, but rents are crazy. Um, Cause it seems like more people rent than buy. So, you, you know, it's, it's, and so what we're going to do uh, starting this year, actually this, uh, this summer, we're actually going to start buying condos. And uh, so we're going to have a bunch of devil's owned uh, condos and we're just going to, you know, maybe buy, you know, one or two a year. And so we can actually control our costs on, uh, on housing. I uh, actually think it's a great idea because I don't think they'll be going down a value based on real estate around the world these days. If, uh, if you can control your costs forever and make some money uh, with the, with the condos going up, that sounds like a pretty good deal to me. 
Geez, I must have got my MBA with all this business talk with uh, CEO of a big company, eh? <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's our that's our plan. That's that's what we're hoping for. We're we're hoping to, you know, if we can eke out uh, like a small profit each year and have that profit be the down payment of of an extra condo every year, that's like that's oh, gold. That's business, baby. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I totally get it. I yeah. know what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Next part then. Uh, that was my story about the apartments and how the owners and Todd took care of me and Cardiff again. And somehow after I was the high maintenance player and did all that, Todd somehow still, I uh, got a Wally night, but anywho. You, you uh, tell you, Todd, Todd just like, there's been some players that came over that I don't know, weren't, weren't the greatest people. Not many. Uh, almost all of our guys have been awesome. Well, that's but, the root. That's the homework. That's the homework they do. It's the homework. And, uh, but even, even the guys that, you know, aren't really pulling their weight uh, in terms of being good guys, Todd treats them all great. And uh, like, it's, it's, it's just awesome to watch. And because the only reason that you can do this, you know, based here in, in Calgary, like, and so I, I've got a bunch of friends, like, you, you know, you know, a bunch of hockey guys. I know a bunch of hockey guys like it. I'm living everybody's dream. Right. And so everybody comes up to me, holy shit. Like, how did you get into this? How could I do that? And I, my only answer that I always give, you have to have a Todd Kelman. The only no, way you, you can do it. Yeah, that, you're right. And like who else knows? And you're right. He does know. And that's the weird part about that league is there, there are only a few, there's like a handful of people that, are in that league and know exactly what's going on with every team. Franny was, has always been one of them. And like, then you got the guys that own the other teams and you got like, you got Deuce got right in there, right? Deuce got in there. He's right in there with the, the whole crew now, eh? I guess maybe if I wouldn't have been so uh, focused on my pregame speeches, I should, I could have been trying to get into the group, eh? Yeah. 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 You could have been, you can well. You're like a, a cross between Deuce and Deese, I think. <laughs> wow, I what would that look like? Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> like the, uh, 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 yeah, I'm not even gonna say it. Yeah, no, oh, that'd be a that'd be a strange breed, man. <laughs> be a clean guy and a oh, yeah. Can't. Yeah, no, there's, there's, there's lots of D stories that can't be repeated on this uh, on this podcast. No, this is PG-13. <laughs> Deese actually performed very well on this podcast. He only swore once, and he was very well behaved. You know what? I, I have to apologize that I, I've I've sworn a couple of times here. Is that is that okay? Absolutely. Your, yes. your kids watching this? Um, not yet. I'm doing this for uh, maybe. You know, maybe someday, like I'll I'll be gone, and maybe their kids will want to watch and listen to how big of a dandy their grandpa was, right? Absolutely, the the, the Wally memoirs. That's yeah. This is uh, I don't know. This is uh, I I mean, if this is what it takes to catch up with all you guys, like this brings me so much joy, man. Like, think about it's, how much we've laughed right now. I know, and you know what? It's funny because uh, Parker and I. Like literally talk every day about the devils every day. I couldn't imagine being the owner. Like I literally, like I, I 
I love you guys for what you guys did for me um, and my family at that stage of my life. And it really helped me um, give me some time to adjust to getting ready to go back. And also like I went over there, like I loved every guy on that team and I wanted to do everything to win. Right. So yeah. to have just left would have been like, that would have killed me even more than how much it killed me to watch them play and act like an idiot just to try and help them win. It was a bad, it was a tough time. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. But you know what, that, you bring up a good point. Like uh, a lot of the guys that uh, you, you had played already in, uh, in other leagues in Europe, but a lot of the guys that come straight from North America, like whether they've been in the A or the, the ECHL, um, they can't believe the difference in just the culture of the locker room because, you know, when you're in the minor leagues in North America, you're trying to step on your buddy in the next stall to, tr to try and be the next call-up. Oh, they, hate they all hate each other. It's they disgusting. all hate each other. And it's, yeah. yeah, it's kind of a toxic locker room. And, and you're not, it's not really about winning. You know, the coach has to, play the prized first round uh, draft pick instead of the guy that's actually good and all that, all that shit that goes into, you know, the North American minor leagues, then they come over to the devils and all you care about is winning. And in order to win, you have to be like this as a group. And uh, it's just such a breath of fresh air for all these guys coming over. That's my, that was, I, I don't know how much I've talked about it on here, but like, well, Western Michigan, we sucked. We weren't very good. Then when I get into pro, I, I hadn't been happy at the end of Western Michigan. It doesn't go well at the start of pro. And then it's like, I don't like it in North America. Like I'm not happy in these coasts, this living yeah. in these coasts and trying to battle with all my buddies to try and get up there. And it just wasn't me. It wasn't my personality. Like I'm competitive as anybody, but I don't want to be that competitive with my teammates. I'll battle oh. you for ice time, but I don't want to battle you to take a step up in my career because it hurt you. That, exactly. that, that I didn't like. And when I went to Germany and it's like, here's your five imports, here's your 15 Germans and here's your two goalies. This is your team for the year. You yeah. guys figure it out. And then man, uh, yeah. I, I was on a team again. I was part of a team. It was like junior hockey again, where y'all love hockey. Exactly. You're playing it for the right reason again. Yeah. And that's what Cardiff was. And I lost that in Germany because like the money got weird and like the, we're not thinking weird. It didn't get that big at all, but like the um, team wasn't very good. So then you got like a few guys making good money. You got guys making no money then it's all like that we weren't a team, like not even close. And that happened a couple times. And then in Denmark, it was all good, but like the guys weren't like Cardiff. They weren't like yeah. Carl and Hendo and Dougie and Deese and Lordo and pigs. Yeah. And the, the list goes on, but like yeah. they weren't like those guys. And when I got to Cardiff, man, Oh, what a breath of fresh air. You guys would buy me the sticks I wanted. You'd give me the apartment I wanted. You, you got a jersey for my kid. You got food in the fridge. And it's like, oh, my God, where yeah. am I? We had, uh, we had heard stories from other teams in our league that if, uh, if you broke a stick as a player, 
you had to keep that stick and drive to the owner's house and show it to him in order to get another one. <laughs> oh, you should have seen it in Hellbrod. They they put in all this money into a team and the, the, the owner had, or whatever he was, GM owner, I don't know what he was, but he didn't get hockey. He didn't understand it. So he puts in all this money and he says, the sticks don't matter. He says, the sticks don't matter. Like, so you just used whatever. And uh, like when Lordo was the coach and he calls me and he says, your sticks are the most important thing you use. And I said, Oh, you understand. You got that right. <laughs> you, you get it. So, oh, are you a player too? Oh, okay. You, oh, sorry. Your first yeah. line right wing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Fine. I'll play third line. Whatever. Lordo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but how good was that? Like ha- having a, uh, an actual player coach, like Reggie Dunlop. God, it was living. It, yeah. I, I still just love that we had that. And, and I remember the first time, going to Cardiff and, uh, and standing at the, uh, in the bench for a practice. And I don't know if you remember Lordo had the, the special whistle like built onto his, uh, onto his glove, you know, so we could, so he could play and then blow the whistle, right? <laughs> it's unbelievable. Oh, it was, it was incredible. He, he's an incredible person. He is, he is as driven as they get. Um, he is going to do big things, isn't he? He is. Yeah, no, he's, uh, he's one of my favorite, uh, favorite guys. We still keep in, uh, in close touch pretty much on a weekly basis still. And, uh, you know, he's, he's starting to get a bit of a, you know, a bit of a big time on me now, you know, oh dear. Uh, yeah, too busy, eh? Too busy. You know, as he's getting closer and closer to the NHL, uh, like I can see the big time coming where uh, he won't remember my name, but you know, that's fine. Oh, it's That's okay. Fine. They had a, you guys had they had a game in Cardiff that night, so he didn't have time for coffee with Wally on Wally night. But hey, that's okay. I didn't want a coffee. I wanted a beer. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what happens when you're big time, though, Wally. Let that be a lesson to you. Don't get like that. Hey, I don't want I, I don't want to see you big time. Hey, how how could I get big time? This is just two <laughs> ales and hockey tales with Wally. You know what? Uh, you know this what? Podcast. Uh, you're gonna be on uh, Barstool, and uh, you know that, you're gonna be yeah. You're, you're basically the next Joe Rogan. Like, I don't know, you know, his, his contract, like that, that could be you. Somebody told me I was like the hockey Joe Rogan, just cause I'm just a guy that interviews a guy, right? I'm a, Hey, I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it, but I said it. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> we got a couple more things that we've been running a while here. Favorite. So Holy moly. I lost my notes. They're gone. Okay. Oh. I'm going to have to find them after I ask you this Freestyle. question. Yeah, it's free. Okay. Okay. Fine. Freestyle Friday for the rest of the day, <laughs> whatever day this is of the week, folks, you'll all never tell you. <laughs> um, okay. Um, favorite CHL trips. And um, just because I've uh, had a couple text messages with uh, multiple owners of the Cardiff Devils today, um, I'd like to hear about your playing a piano in Sweden. <laughs> yeah so there, there was a couple of really so i love the chl trips uh so may 19th coming up in just over a month is the draw to see which teams are in our pool in the chl and it's it's one of our biggest days of the year so uh we're all having a big party actually uh so shosty uh craig shostak uh he opened up a a pub here in calgary right in our neighborhood here and uh so we've got his entire pub and we're having a big party on may 19th you have to come dressed as a chl country 
you know, so Lederhosen, whatever you got, you got to come, you know, as Germany, Switzerland, Sweden, whatever. And we're, we're doing that for draw day on, on May 19th. Uh, so we've had some unbelievable trips. Um, you guys have a my, terrible time owning this team, eh? We You're just a having a horrible time. time. I know it's awful. So, uh, but not a lot of people can do it. Let me, let me bring this up. So like, we'll fly on like a Thursday night overnight. So you land in London at like 1030 in the morning on the Friday. And then you hop on a bus and you go to Cardiff for another two and a half hours. And so you're there like basically, I don't know, you usually get there like one or two in the afternoon. And Parker, like, like there's no resting around Brian Parker. So he, he gets get excited. Too, he gets like, excited. Everybody says, well, you know, maybe we should have a little nap, you know, because we just flew overnight. You never get to sleep really on the planes. And no, there's no nap. And so you, you, you get in the shower, you get dressed, and the pub crawl starts right then. And you're going to like 10 different pubs that first night. And then Saturday is game night. And then, you, you know, you hop on a bus to the away city and you see the away game on Sunday. And you're in Heathrow Monday morning for your flight home. Like, And then it's back to work. And then it's back to work on Tuesday. <laughs> and so, like, this, like, everybody, oh, it's like, like obviously it's ridiculously fun, but uh, there's not a lot of people that I know that could pull that off. <laughs> I, so just, just just so you guys know though, like because I'm I'm assuming if you're the owners of hockey of a hockey team, I'm assuming that the four of you own your companies or the CEOs or whatever you want to call them, which I am the CEO of this podcast that so far has not brought in a dollar. Um, <laughs> but. Um, what was I going to say with that? Um, what we own? Like, are you talking like a private jet or something? No, that you own your businesses. Okay. Um, you can take off more than three or four days. Like you can take off a week and just relax. Like you don't have to go so fast because you guys are the bosses, right? Yeah, but they you know, need all you. Part of that. They need yeah, you. Well, we just, yeah, I kind of feel the need to be there. and I understand. Yeah, that's all part of that whole drive thing mm. i got <laughs> so anyways you. i gotta get back to your question i, I diverted uh, so in terms of favorite chl trips there's there's a couple that come to mind and i'll get to the sweden part but one that i really thought was awesome was uh burn switzerland so uh the devils played ah where was it it was in another chl city the day before or maybe two days before and then the players and Lordo took uh, the team bus from that city in another country to Bern. And um, me and um, it was actually just, it was just us and the Parkers on that trip. So we took, uh, we took the train. I, I love European trains. I think they're awesome. Oh you know, yeah. Got the, yeah. Get the food and the food and beer cart, you know, uh, the whole thing. And so, and they're always on time. And so sure enough, we get into burn and we've got a game the next day. We get into burn at like seven at night. So we go for a nice dinner and uh, start getting texts from uh, Todd Lordo. Their bus uh, is delayed because there was some like Oktoberfest thing going on. Uh, and they, the, the bus was blocked. They couldn't get through. 
And so now uh, the bus isn't going to get to burn until like past midnight uh, the night before a game. And so usually, you know, the players help unload the bus. And so Parker and I said, look, you guys get to bed. We got this. So, so there's, there's the two owners with all of our wheelie carts and, you know, throwing the bags over the shoulders. And, and so we unloaded the whole bus and set up the whole locker room. I love it. And, I love it. Cause you guys would have been having fun, eh? We were having a blast and uh, you know, we've been drinking for about eight hours at this point. So we, we were, we were making a good, a good time. And there's this, there's this cute little gal that's running the arena and she doesn't know what to make out of this. And, you know, she, she, you know, and she knew that we were the owners. And then all of a sudden, you know, can you imagine the owner of the, the burn team unloading the bus and setting up the locker room? <laughs> no, I don't. I cannot imagine that. Cause I had never met an owner until I met you, I think. <laughs> exactly. So, so then, uh, so it was, it was me, Brian and Todd. Uh, doing all this and uh, and actually you know what Kim and Sharon too and uh, so finally we're done and we go out and this you know the arena in Bern is unbelievable uh, have you been in there no no I the only yeah. the only Swiss A-League arena I've been in is Lugano and I lost okay. seven nothing and they chanted what league are you from but no that's it that makes sense but this this you know Bern like it's got to be one of the great, great hockey rinks in the entire world. It's got these great wooden beams arching across the top and, and uh, natural light coming through, but it's like, it's now like one in the morning and we're there and we're in this empty, like church of hockey. And uh, so we look at each other, the three of us, and we say like, we got to go on the ice. And so we're, we're half ripped and uh, there's no lights on at all. And uh, so we go into the back into the locker room, try and kind of thumbnail which guys would have skates about the same size as us. And me, <laughs> me, Brian and Todd go out there. And this poor gal that works for Burn, she's trying to stop it. And I, I finally just took her aside. I said, look, you we're know, doing I this. <laughs> I don't want to be a jerk. And, you know, but we're doing this. Like, you literally can't stop us. And so we're going out there and we're just giving her like hot laps, passing back and forth. <laughs> and so one in the morning, half ripped in Bern, Switzerland, we're, we're out there, out there, pitch black ring. <laughs> oh, so that was, God. that was one of my, that was one of my highlights. And then, yeah, in Sweden, you know, we, uh, we keep on getting like the Swedish elite league champs in our pool it's it's like a running joke uh so three straight year those teams are pretty good yeah they're pretty good and uh yeah like switzerland is is good though those swedish teams are way better really yeah they are yeah then then the swiss a teams yeah i never played yeah, against a swedish team in the swedish i didn't play against any swedish teams actually swiss yeah, but- but the, the Swiss B team, I didn't think were very good. I thought a secondly German team would beat a Swiss B team. But the Swiss A team, I played Lugano. They had like Rob Niedemeyer. They had they had all these Swiss national players. Like they were so fast. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And and they're like they're really good. But I from what we've seen, like the the SHL teams are that much faster. Is that right? 
Yeah, and they, they win the Champions League pretty much every year. It's either them or Finland, but mostly Sweden. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, we go to, I think that year we were in, uh, I think it was Vakwa. It's like spelled like Vax Joe, but it, I think it's pronounced yeah. Vakwa. Yeah. And, uh, and so then we thought, you know, I've never been to Sweden before. So, you know, let's go to Stockholm, have some fun. And, you know, Brian Parker, amongst all of his other talents, uh, he is without a doubt the number one pub crawl director in the world, like in the world. He puts like dozens of hours. Oh, oh, Flames just won against your stinky Leafs 3-2 in overtime. Kim, would you mind grabbing the other uh, Guinness? Uh, no, that's it's two, okay. It, it's, it's two whales, so I need, I need my second one. But, yeah, uh, absolutely you do. So, uh, so yeah, we, we go to Stockholm for a pub crawl. And I didn't even know this, but Swedes are actually really conservative. Oh, they're yeah. Quiet, they're quiet. And uh, thank you. All the Scandinavian uh, countries are. Denmark well, no, was the same. Denmark was, they were very, very laid are, back. But I, I think the Finns rip it up, though. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Finns are different. Finns are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're uh, right. So, yeah, we go on this pub crawl in Stockholm. And there's like... I think on this trip, we had like 16 to 20 of us. And so we're all decked out in our devil's gear. We got Canadian flags. We got Welsh flags. We got different songs that we're singing, you know, like all the devil's songs at it, in every bar. And I tell you, like, they did not like us at all. Like, we were getting. Well, you just did the was cut. my mom calling me after a big. Oh, Oh, I was yeah. gonna say you just you just yeah. cut out there. So they didn't like you there for a second. Your mom called. Yeah, uh, she calls. No, she calls me after every Flames win. <laughs> 80, 80, 80, 83 years old. Still. I thought uh, she was an Oilers fan. Oh God, no! I thought she was from Edmonton. <laughs> you know what? She's from Edmonton, but uh, you know she she's she converted now. She moved here with me uh, fifty-one years ago, so uh, that's enough. Okay. Well, and, and you know what? There, there was no Oilers uh, back then, and there was no Flames back then either. Oh, well, then I guess you didn't have to be converted yeah. for the Battle yeah, of Alberta. Exactly. Okay. So, so yeah, the uh, the story in, in one of those bars, we got kicked out of a few places. Um, in Sweden, you got the owners of the Cardiff Devils are getting kicked out of Vax Joe. No, whatever. this is in Stockholm. Oh, dear. And Stockholm's a big city, and you guys can't hang there, eh? They, you know what, Wally? They can't hang. No, they can't hang. And I so, understand. Yeah. So one of these places, uh, we had kind of a, a separate room, which is good. Like, yeah. you know, we're on our own and there was this old piano in there and it's got this big sign on the top of it says, do not touch. So, you know, what are you supposed to do? You, you got to play. And so my mom actually back in the day was a, was a pianist. So I had to go, you know, in addition, in addition to all my, uh, sports stuff i had to go take piano lessons like every day it was painful but it paid off at this bar in stockholm <laughs> so 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 uh oh my god on, yeah so everybody starts bugging me oh get on there get on there and so uh, i said okay what do you want me to play and they said uh the little uh, billy joel piano man hold on um, hold on how long did you take piano lessons for not as long as my mom wanted uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know, probably till I was 12 or 13 or something like that. You can play Billy Joel piano, man. Well, not, not very well. And only, uh, 
uh, I've lost, I've lost a lot of it now. I don't practice, but, uh, so it was, it was only the right hand. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, Carry on. Yeah. So, uh, so we're, you know, I'm, I'm playing the piano man and all 20 of us are just belting it out. Right. And, uh, this, uh, this waitress comes in and slams the case to the piano shut, puts the sign back on and she says, you must not make noise. <laughs> it's a bar. There's a piano here. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> she said you couldn't make noise. You must not make noise. So, yeah, it was. Uh, so, you know, we uh, we're kind of anti-Sweden and in, uh, in our devil's crowd. Wow. You know so, it's, so you're saying for your event this year, you're not dressing Swedish? Uh, there, you're, there, you're not looking there for may, them in the draw. There, there may be some uh, anti-Sweden uh, uh, outfits in the crowd. Hmm. <laughs> and they keep on beating us too. That's the other thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> like badly. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know I played the BBT when I played for the Cardiff Devils, right? <laughs> no. Well, you know, you know what somebody said to me this week? It was actually Dennis Weidman, former Calgary Flame. Um, yeah. um, he's going to go on my buddy's podcast that started this whole thing. Episode two, Jeff Lavecchio. So, um, he went on mine and, uh, between the two of us, we decided, or Weidman's willing to go on there. So he's going to do that. And, uh, I tell you, like he said to me, brick by brick, I said, like, you imagine one day I could make money drinking beers with my friends and talking hockey. Like, do you imagine if I could do this for a while? What a and world. He, and he said, brick by brick, Wally. Brick by brick. <laughs> brick by brick. Yeah. The Joe Rogan of hockey podcasts. One podcast at a time, twice a week. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, honey. <laughs> I'll be in the shed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> twice a week, at least. Minimum. <laughs> it's too fun. Like, how much fun have you had today? Seriously. I've had a great time. Any... Like literally any time I have a chance to talk Devils hockey and especially with a card of Devils legend, like the <laughs> Wally himself, like, yeah. sign me up. Uh, yeah. Oh, dear. No, like you're right. Like this is uh, we're just building the brand. You know, I'm just a brand ambassador. Like you yep. say, just uh, <laughs> free of charge other than Wally night. But that was a great night. <laughs> Um, no, but seriously, I, I would like to thank you from the bottom of my heart for that night, because honestly, the reason I started this podcast, I, I would say when I was a young buck, I did, I was not oozing confidence when I got into pro. And when I left Western Michigan, I was like, wow, look at those guys and look at those guys. And then I was kind of like that through my pro career, except for when I went to like the second league in Germany and I was like, Oh, I could be the guy here. I got this. Um, but then when it came to doing a podcast, like if it wasn't for having a Wally night, if it wasn't for you guys and like me not being able to detach from the game, um, I would have never started this and I would have never had the confidence to start this and to think I'd even have anything to talk about if you guys wouldn't have done that for me. So thank you very much. <laughs> oh man. Is uh well, needless to say, we uh as you pointed out, we, we haven't had as many 
nights for retired players as we should have. So it wouldn't have happened for just anybody. And it didn't happen for just anybody. It was because you were who you were. And especially for a guy that played what 60 games for us in total. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't long. I don't know. It was uh, just over a season, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It, uh, you know, special people are special people. It doesn't matter how long you're there. Well, well, yeah, well, thank you. Um, so anyways, my whole career, I just, I felt like I didn't have the confidence. And then there was that day where I'm listening to these other podcasts and I'm like, well, why can't I do that? Like, why can't I? Yeah. I, I like talking to people. I like, I, I, I do. And I like talking hockey and I have a lot of interesting friends. So why can't I do it? Right. It's kind of like you as a 34 year old saying, why can't I start a Laris, which I never asked you, what's the background behind that name? Uh, that's from one of the owners, by the way, Alaris. Yeah. Uh, that actually is another thing that, uh, points back to my dad. So I started Alaris and I, I couldn't think of a good name. I'd never started a company before. I'm going, man, like, I don't know. Everything I thought of was like really goofy. And so I emailed my dad. I said, look, you know, you've, you've been around a long time. He's, he was a great entrepreneur. Like, how do I do this? Like, I can't think of a good name. And so in typical dad fashion, he comes back with his like seven page analysis of how to name a company, <laughs> and, you know, you know, should be, uh, you know, closer to the, you know, the start of the alphabet and, you know, shouldn't be too descriptive, you know, should, you know, can't, you know, it shouldn't be, uh, you know, Steve's private equity group. And, um, and so anyways, he, he gave me like three or four different suggestions and uh, Alaris was my favorite one because it's actually a, a Latin word that stands for uh, on the wings of an army. And I'm thinking, you know, like we invest in all these entrepreneurs that run all these businesses. Like we're just on the wings of that army. And, uh, and so then Todd asked me that one day, said, what does Alaris stand for? And I said, it stands for on the wings of an army. He says, oh my God, like the I red army. And so on all of our devil's merchandise over the last few years, He's put that on the wings of an army and, and even it was even on the cuff of our jersey last year. And like I I started balling the first time I saw it because I just lost my dad. And I see this jersey with on the wings of an army on it. And like it just had so much meaning to me, right? It was just it was unbelievable. So yeah, that's uh that's that story. <laughs> no, that's uh no that yeah, Todd was the one that mentioned that one. And yeah. I actually talked to Shaw Shawstack at uh and Todd today. Uh, nice. Well, just a couple quick texts, you know, just to see what I could you know, get out of you. I gotta, I gotta tell a Shasti uh, BBT story because I know you love the BBT and I know you love Shasti as everybody does, right? Yeah. Shasti's just one of those guys. Like you cannot not love Shasti. He, he's having a good time. He's always having a good time, and so all you guys are though. Like who's kidding who? Like when you guys come over, it's like don't forget your story. No. When we lost the Challenge Cup final the second year, when I was just a sideshow and doing whatever I could, um, my wife and kids decided to come in case we won to be a part of it. Um, we were paid for that apartment. Um, that next morning, I went down to pay. 
you guys have paid just saying what type of life it is in Cardiff. Um, I'm not <laughs> saying they do that for everybody every time. I'm just saying it happened that time. But the night before, after we lost, the team was doing their thing. They were in bed. And yourself and Todd and me, and I think it was Craig, right? It was the four of us. So. We sat up for for a long time discussing the Cardiff Devils, which yes. is, I guess, something we both like to do. <laughs> we do. We do. <laughs> but yeah, so, and, and it's one of those things, like, we're only there for like a few days at a time. And, and so, you know, we love to have fun. We love to be around people and, and, uh, you know, we, we, yeah, we enjoy the odd adult beverage as well. And so, you know, you know, cause we're usually at like fan events, you know, they start at like noon and then you, you go right through and you're drinking right through the game and, and, uh, it's nonstop. So thing, nonstop. And, uh, and you're tired, like, you know, you're jet lagged and, and so, it just, it just adds up on it. And uh, so there was one of the games in the BBT. I remember Todd had that little uh, like DJ station, like right in the corner uh, where he was doing the, you know, yeah. the, the stuff and, and, uh, and uh, the, the TV guys are down there. And so they wanted to interview us between periods. And so we go down uh, from where we were, which is, you know, by the bar and we go over there at intermission and it's me brian and craig and so they want to start the interview but craig is missing like where is he which is not unusual by the way he, he disappears and uh so we start and then then here comes craig you know just kind of smile on his face hanging out and where were you he says oh i was in the ref's room what do you mean ah oh, i thought the refs were shitty so i figured i'd go in there and let him know <laughs> And Todd is like, dude, like an owner can't go into the ref's locker room between periods. <laughs> he went to the ref's locker room and told them they were shitty. Yeah. In between periods. <laughs> and that's why with a beer in his hand, and that's why he missed like and that like you guys buy that team for the lower price and then like what it becomes and you guys going over there and having fun like that as and like you guys go from that from him <laughs> showing up in the ref's little room there the little nook with a beer saying come on guys like to being in the champions league and skating yeah. his birth is just ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, yeah so every every trip there's like some story like that right and it's just it's unbelievable i can't but yeah that that sounds like so much fun with your buddies <laughs> it, it is but you know it's one of those things like you can't really like i can i can talk to you about it but like i can't talk to that many of my friends about it because you know again like it's it's too good almost like you can't yeah, i know i know you look and like I, a jerk I'm having a hard time when I talk to people um, not talking about the podcast because I'm so excited about it. And I'm so, I, I, I'm so excited about who I'm bringing on next, who I talked to last time. And like, that's what I'm excited about. And it's hard to not talk about it. And I could imagine it would be really hard for you. Yeah. Oh, the, the, the people in my office are just like, okay, I get it. Yeah, you're the owner of a team that wins every year. Ooh. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <Woo -hoo -hoo. laughs> Woo. 
forgot about that. That first year, every time somebody would say they that something that they thought that was. <laughs> now I'm gonna ask you, like, because uh, you know we it's like this ridiculous thing to to buy a hockey team, and you know I'm some kid from Calgary, Alberta, and and uh, so I don't know if you remember the very first time that all of us came to Cardiff, uh, we met all of you in the locker room in the BBT. And I started off with the way I always wanted to start it off. And I said, look, I know all you guys have been wondering who owns the Chiefs. That was, that was my first statement as owner of the Cardiff Devils. Yeah, no, and you did. And I was like, oh yeah, this is the type of guy I want to play for. But like, I was just, it was everybody, man. It was, it was you guys. It was Todd. It was every player on that team. Um, like there was just character. There was passion. There was, there was drive. There was like, it w- maybe not everybody had a cold tub after every game and had a protein shake and foam rolled and, stretched and did all that but after we would win a game on a weekend we would have a lot of ice bags on and we would drink a lot of beers and that was a team back then that's what life's about man i tell you like there's no such thing like you can't you can't just be robots like the only way you can win is if you're is if you're having the time of your life and you love every guy in your room. That's the only time you win. Oh, so like, absolutely. You can't be a, like a total a total idiot. Uh, but no one that gets to that level can be a total idiot anyways. Uh, I take that back. There's probably there's probably a few guys. <laughs> but uh, you know what? Uh, everybody's got to love each other. Everybody's got to have a great time and you know, you you can't just be grumping around like you gotta you gotta love being there yeah and that's what it was um and i yeah it it's weird how much i have been such a devil supporter since it's all been over but uh i'll tell you more about that after we're done recording (laughs) um now the the other thing i have to bring up uh, and i know you're gonna ask me about it but uh, i gotta get you as a uh, brand supporter for the cranbrook bucks now too yes that's what um that i would say that'd be about the end here is like so you've already bought one team in 2014 now you're gonna go ahead and buy another team your it seems like during covid because elite prospects says you're from edmonton but you're actually from Calgary. Calgary. <laughs> um, but uh, you're the owner also of the Cranbrook Bucks. Cranbrook Bucks. Elite yeah, prospect since 2020. Yeah. So we uh, so it's an expansion franchise in the BCHL as so a junior A. Do you have a Todd um, Kelman? Uh, yeah, Todd Kelman. Well, Todd. Todd and Lordo both played for the Vernon Vipers, which is actually the team that uh, Shosti's son Ryan plays for right now. So he's he's in the BCHL. My son played in the BCHL before he went to Denver, and um, so this came about actually because of the Devils. So there's a young guy uh, named is Nathan Lewin who played. He's actually a goalie for the Buffalo Sabers, not for very long, but um, 
you know, made some reasonable money in hockey and uh, he's a Cranbrook native and uh, Cranbrook had uh, a WHL team that moved to Winnipeg. So they've got this state of the art, unbelievable uh, arena in Cranbrook and no tenant. And so he wanted to bring the BCHL there. And uh, the league basically said, look, you're, you're a young guy. Uh, we think you need some, some people around you that know how to run a hockey team. And, uh, and what's his name? His, uh, Nathan Lewin. Okay. Sorry. Don't so know. he's, uh, he's a young guy. He's only like, he might be just 30 years old. So he's your Todd Kelman. He's our Todd Kelman, but he's the majority owner. I'm just a minority in this one. And, uh, so his, one of his good friends, uh, is a guy named Adam Cracknell. I don't know if you know that I've name. Heard, yeah. I know the name played for St. Yeah. Louis. Yeah. He's played for everybody. He's uh, one of the great suitcase players of all time. And uh, so he's uh, through a guy in my office. He's become a friend. And uh, he played for the Kootenai Ice uh, out of Cranbrook and, you know, had his number retired. And, and um, so he was in the group with this Nathan Lewin. And uh, when the league told them they needed kind of some more depth to it, uh, uh, Cracknell called me up. And asked if uh, if I would join, and uh, and also uh, Scott Niedermeyer is uh, is an owner as well, because he's like Mr. Cranbrook, uh, the Niedermeyer brothers. They they uh, you know they're from Cranbrook, and is like, that where they're from? That's where they're from. So well, they should guys. they sh they should probably own at least a part of it with how much they've made. I'd say exactly, yeah. So so it's uh, it's Nathan Lewin is the majority owner, and Adam Cracknell. Scott Niedermeyer, myself, and uh, and Chosty. I uh, uh, once again asked Chosty to come in on this one too. <laughs> so, and so, would that team have played this year? Yeah. So they, uh, so what they did, uh, they were locked down until two weeks ago, and uh, so the BC government finally gave them permission to do kind of five mini bubbles, and so there's like three or four teams in each little bubble. And they just play each other. And so they're going to do 20 games in 40 days just so these kids can get on the radar, right? So, they, you know, all the games are televised. So all the scouts from the different colleges can watch every game and, and get these kids scholarships. Well, that's, I guess that's what needs to happen, right? These kids need to play games and it needs to be streamed or something or these yeah. some, something to get the, coach you know what this may be the best thing for the ncaa ever and realize their uh how to cut costs is they don't have to have coaches fly all over the place they're just gonna watch zoom everything just like the podcast totally just like the wally so yeah it's uh it's good it's a great league um cranbrook's a great little town it's actually only about a it's a three-hour drive from calgary so uh, so you own a team three hours away and, uh, f however many hour flight away. Yeah. Nine hour flight. So yeah, it's, it's not, it's not real close, but Cranbrook is, uh, Cranbrook is awesome. The arena is awesome. This Nathan Lewin is, uh, like he's, he's another Todd Lordo type guy, just totally driven, awesome guy, treating everybody great. Uh, it's going to be, I think one of the top franchises in, uh, in Canadian junior hockey. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. I can't believe I, uh, yeah. If you guys, if you're owning it with Shosty and 
those other fellas, I'm sure it will, they'll do just fine. And uh, I, you know, if, if you got a chance to sign with a junior team that's owned by uh, Scott Niedermeyer and he can open some doors for you, like, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. My kid's uh, eight now, just saying. He's on the radar, right? <laughs> we have got a spot for Colby uh, lined up. I've been watching that kid play since he was two. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. You, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Um, well, I think, uh, this has crossed over into, uh, late hours. So the only thing I have left, actually, this is something we almost missed, um, is your summer summits as, uh, owners or oh. should I, should I just save that for the Parker episode, baby? Cause I think I'm going to need to have him on at some point, but you know what? I think we got to discuss cause you bring the coach, you bring the GM over from the UK. You guys have what it seems like the best weekend I've ever seen. But the only reason why I think you'd probably be in a bad mood those weekends is because I hear you're a terrible beanbag cornhole player. Oh, that's absolute garbage. So, so first of all, I barely play because my two boys are too good. Are you, are, you, so, are, are you blaming this on the growth spurt back in high school again? You know what? Uh, yeah. Kind of my, my joints aren't, you know, aren't right because I grew too fast, but no. So Todd and Lordo love to play and my boys just kick the crap out of them every time. So I don't need, I just sit there and drink beer and laugh. That's all I do with the cornhole, but there's been some great summit stories. So we always have the summit at the time of the Calgary stampede and Wally, like, you have to come. I because the Calgary Stampede is like the greatest human rodeo of all time. I've heard stories. Um, I've been to Oktoberfest and I've been to those places in Germany. I nothing. have not been to Calgary nothing. and the Stampede, but you can't tell me that's nothing. But nothing. I need. I I do need to see it. You're right. I need to see it. Yeah, no, uh, I remember Lordo the, the very first year that he came and he went into uh, Cowboys, the big, the big bar, the famous bar and like deer in the headlights. It was like he had never seen anything like it in his entire life. And he's like so addicted. So, I, so Lordo would stay here. Todd would stay with his family. Um, and uh, so he would stay in the basement as soon as as soon as Bouncy cleared out, Lordo would come in. And, uh, so we go and, you know, Lordo, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get in the way of the young bucks. Right. So, you know, I'd usually stay out till like two or three and then leave Lordo to his own devices. And, uh, so I think it was two or three years ago, uh, James, my, my son was also out that night at Stampede. So he came home. So I, I came home first left the door open for Lordo and then James comes home and locks everything up assuming because it was like the wee hours of the morning assuming that he was last man in and so Lordo comes back and somehow finds his way back to my house which sometimes didn't happen because he did you know his phone would be dead couldn't remember my address <laughs> whatever and so uh Lordo comes back everything is locked he doesn't want to wake us up 
And so he goes out onto our back deck and, uh, and sleeps uh, like some rolled up dog blanket <laughs> in our back deck. And it was a really hot week. So he wakes up and the sun is just beating down on him and it's already like 30 degrees. And he's like, he can't swallow, he's so parched. <laughs> and so I get up in the morning and I'm like walking around, you know, like pouring myself a glass of juice and, and I see, see Lordo laying out on the, on the back deck going, man, he's up early. Wonder why, you know, I was catching some rays out early. And so no, he still had his cowboy boots on the jeans, the whole thing. Just, oh my God, I can't, I can't breathe, I can't swallow. So I spent the whole night out there in a dog blanket. <laughs> Jeez, I've never seen Lordo deal with adversity so well. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's a big fan of the Stampede. Uh, it's his one chance, like, you know, Lordo, like, he's oh. always, like, so driven, so focused. The Stampede week is his one week to just let loose, and uh, he does a good job of it. So he would actually do that in front of the bosses, eh? It took a little while uh, for him to really get to know us. Um, but yeah, our, uh, we have, a like a, uh, an owner's, uh, like text chat group. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, it doesn't I'll be on it soon. No problem. It'll It'll, you'll be on it soon for sure. No worries. It doesn't, it doesn't take long being on that chat group to, uh, to realize how ridiculous we are and that there's nothing that's uh, off limits. Right. I no, I get it. I get it. You just got to get to know people and then you do. You 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 relax. We had uh we had Marty in last year, Joey. Did he uh, come? Oh yeah, I remember the pictures. Gosh, darn it. He came and uh you know, he uh he was single and uh I just said Marty like this is I don't know. Like I don't want to lay the law down on our star player. But, like, if you don't, you know, take advantage of the stampede here while you're single, I'm not sure you're invited back to the team, to be quite honest. I, so, I, 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 as a, I understand. Um, so we'll just leave I, the story at that. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, I agree. I don't know where he was staying. I, if he was staying at your house, I hope the kids were, uh, already in bed um but no i well, get it you know what none of my kids were actually home that week and uh so we had, I had they were home for stampede week so they were out and about they were doing their thing out and about and so i had uh i had lordo in the basement and uh and joey upstairs in uh in james's room so it was uh it was it was quite the house <laughs> well it sounds you know what it actually sounds like Sounds a lot like the um, Elmira Maple Syrup Festival. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually just how I grew up is uh, all my buddies from college head back to the Elmira Maple Syrup Festival and we would just uh, lay one down for the day. (laughs) Sounds just just like the stampede. I was just about to say that the Elmira Maple Syrup. Oh, sugar and spice and everything nice. Too good. Too um, good. Okay. I don't think, uh, is there anything else you'd like to say before I have my closing? I think we've been going a very long time, actually, for a player and owner. I think we, I think we did it. 
I think so too. Um, I just want to thank you like so much for like bringing the passion back in hockey to me because there were a couple of years there where I didn't have owners, GMs, coaches that really got it. And uh, you guys all got it. You guys all got our side of things. And uh, it, it brought back my love of the game, but it also having Hendo and Carl and, all the dandies we had on that team decent like and then Todd running it and like then you guys coming over and like you're not there long but like you can tell the type of people you are and everything we needed we had it was I like and that's why I wave the Cardiff Devil flag all the time is because of or painted on you well, I'm not getting a tattoo, but like I, I I'll get spray painted for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> it took a few days. It was yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? Well, it's uh, you know, I'm I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I really am, and, and uh, that's been by far my favorite part of it is uh, just the people that we've been able to meet, like uh, guys like you. Uh, you know, I've been so lucky to get to know uh, you know a lot of the players and. And also the fans, like, uh, like I've got so many friends now in Cardiff. That, oh, I uh, know like, it's crazy. You know, like I have a bunch of fans, like they, they email me directly, uh, like all the time, even during the pandemic, uh, I'm getting these emails from, from the fans in Cardiff and I'm, I'm on the, you know, the Inferno, uh, chat site with them, uh, or tweeting with them. And it's just, it's so awesome. Like, why, why would you not be? a part of all that like why would you not want to be a part of all that it's just it's been it's been awesome it's been like uh for as much as like people thank me i i always get like completely embarrassed by it because like i'm like i feel like i'm robbing a bank here like i'm just like having the time of my life and and uh, and and you went from the bbt to this and like man watching what it's become from what I from what I was there for, I'm proud of it, and I don't even have anything to do with it. <laughs> it's, our, it's our fourth straight year in Champions Hockey League. I think there's only three other teams in the world that can say that. It's, I, I, and it's, but the thing is, is people want to win, and it's like you say, the KHL players and all that. If they're going to think about the the UK. Cardiff's the spot because we are the spot now because it all started back then when we started winning stuff and all of a sudden we were back on the map and it's like well guys want to win stuff like who won there lately right yeah and it yeah it was uh we look back on it all the time you know we talk about it all the time it was it was you guys that started all this right like that that original group was just so special and you know, how lucky are we too? Like we still have a lot of guys from that original group. I know. And how lucky am I with the podcast, right? <laughs> but yeah, I would have liked, I would have liked them to go other places. So we'd have more to talk about than just the devils. <laughs> <laughs> Screw that. There's only one team to talk about. That's right. I'm only the brand ambassador for one, one for one team. <laughs> Yeah, if you're going to get that sponsorship deal out of us, like there, you can't be talking about anybody else. 
Oh, I would never talk anything positive except you guys. Okay. I think we should shut this down. I just want to say thank you so much for being the guy you are and all the other owners um, and Todd for like, just being the people you guys are like, I know who I like hanging out with. And when you guys would come over, I was like, geez, I wish I wasn't the hockey player this weekend. I really wish I could hang out with them. (laughs) So thank you for being who you guys are. And like, I'll never have an owner of a hockey team like that ever again, because uh, I will, I don't ever want to lace them up again, other than coaching, but you're old. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, No, but like, because you guys are the best owners like you could ever have on any team in any league. Like it was, it was, it, it fits so well with the people we had on that team, because if you would have started treating us probably the way a bunch of us have been treated in our careers, <laughs> we probably, we would not have played like we did that year. Carl wouldn't have been Carl Hendo Hendo was one of the best players in the league that year. Hendo wouldn't have been Hendo. He wouldn't have been fighting anybody, everybody. If we would have been treated the way we did, um, we wouldn't have been the team we were. And that is why the Cardiff Devils are so good now. Well, so there you go. Thank, thank you for all that. But yeah, thank, uh, thank you for being a part of that and uh, creating it too. It was, uh, it was all you guys that did it. Well, thanks for the Wally night too. Um, I had a great time and uh, never would have ever thought in my wildest dreams, I'd be flown back over to Cardiff. Um, not just to do a pregame speech. Cause there was more to it than that. I, I couldn't thank you guys enough. Cause it also gave me the confidence to start this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I tell you, we'll uh, we'll still be there. You, you know, you won't have owners like us again because you're, you're old. But we will still still be there in Cardiff when Colby's ready for us. So first right. with the Cranbrook Bucks, and then uh, then with the Devils when he's done college. Hey, no problem as long as I'm a part owner in both franchises. Okay, <laughs> that's been two hails and hockey tails with Wally, <laughs> and I am now a part owner of two franchises. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm. And that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and I go fans. I like pizza fans and bands. I'm always speaking my mind when I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend in my own mind. I'm good for fun, but I'm not.